0: Hey podcast friends! If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode what is production design and kind of your relationship to a film set
1: yeah production design really encompasses the overall look of the film so it's a collaboration with the director and with the director of photography and also the costume designer and some other um other you know departments on the film so we're in charge of the sets the props the graphics, the picture vehicles, basically everything that you see in front of you. You know, we used a lot of practical blood. We had a, you can only imagine how much blood we had in this movie. It was a tor- enormous amounts of blood. Seriously, yeah, a lot of blood. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, it saw. Listen. <laughs>
1: A lot of blood. All of the floor. When you see the movie, that's all vinyl flooring, you know. Oh, and we and we faux so finished it as concrete.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, and then all of the traps were coated in resin so that we could clean them because, you know, you have to have take one, two, and three, and you can't have big pools of blood like uh, having continuity issues. And then we did have to keep the blood in continuity. So I created a book. It was like the blood book. And they would say, okay, this is the blood over here. This is the blood over there. And sometimes we would coat the blood after we shot it with like a clear coat resin so that it wouldn't move. You know? And sometimes we would cover the blood with large boxes of wood so we could step over the blood. So it was just, you know, it was just a big bloody mess. That's wild.
0: (laughs) So the big question is this. How are creators like us who aren't built for the nine-to-five, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. Welcome back to Conversations with Creators. I am your host, Noah Mittman, and joining, to me, joining me today is Anthony, Anthony Stably. Uh, he is a production designer, a uh, working in film for a long time, and he is the production designer actually on the new Saw. T- is it Saw Ten or Saw X? Either way, it's called it Saw X. Saw X. Hmm. Anyway, fantastic movie. Uh, I just got done watching it, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to chat about it. So first of all, before we get into uh, all the nitty gritty. For the people that don't know, <clears throat> what is production design and kind of your relationship to a film set?
1: Yeah, production design really encompasses the overall look of the film, so it's a collaboration with the director and with the director of photography, and also the costume designer and some other um, other you know departments on the film. So we're in charge of the sets the props, the graphics, the picture vehicles, basically everything that you see in front of you. Um, then there's a lot of correlation with the special effects department, practical effects, prosthetics, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So we, our job is to take a look at the script and basically make a decision with the director. You know, we, we take a look at how rooted in realism we want to be or how stylish we wanna be. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a relationship between the two because on one level, realism is awesome. We love yeah. realism because then the audience members are connected to the story and what they're seeing. Sometimes uh, realism can be not as exciting as you know adding style to a movie. And then sometimes we make decisions to make a film extremely stylish, but then sometimes that can pull you out of a movie to a certain extent. I think at the end of the day, what happens though is if you establish whatever that style is going to be from the beginning of the movie till the end, and if you're consistent then you know the audience will buy into it so
0: yeah especially i mean i feel like especially if you go super stylish and you just stay at that stylish level that's the world of the film so it keeps you in it
1: yeah that's the way it goes but no matter what it will tell you that you might not be in that re the real you know like the reality that we're in yeah uh, you know that's part of everyday life perhaps Yeah, yeah but you know that's a taste thing.
0: <laughs> no, and that's and that's where the art comes in. I feel like that's where the you know that's then taste got you into it originally. Actually, speaking of that, uh, where did when did you find the passion for production design? How did you get started with it? I think that's really an interesting question. So basically, uh,
1: I was in college at Florida State University, and a friend of mine moved to Los Angeles. He was a very good friend of mine. And we had collaborated on a lot of short films and a documentary while in college. And he moved to L.A. And I felt like I appreciated my time at FSU. And I appreciated Florida very much and South Florida and also Tallahassee. But I really wanted to immerse myself in the number one market in the world, which is Los Angeles, Hollywood. So I headed over there. And I, one of my first jobs that I had was working on a low budget movie in the art department. And then within, I don't know, I'm gonna say a couple months after working on that, I was asked to work on a Disney movie and it was supposed to be a couple weeks and it ended up being close to a year of work for me. And I was just so fortunate that I worked for Bill Creeber. Bill Krieber was the production designer and on that film, I ended up being his assistant, mm. uh, not just working in the art department, but also being his personal assistant. And he had won three, he had been nominated for three Academy Awards. So I was working with somebody that was like one of the top production designers in Los Angeles at that time, historically, Yeah, historically.
0: Just a cross course in um, education.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was really great. So he took me under his wing. I worked for his art director Michael Novotny for 10 years hmm. and so I went through this whole um, period of, of just learning the different department you know areas in the art department and being trained and as a result of that I was able to um, get in the art directors guild I got to work overseas in Mexico I got to I had a period of my life where I did a lot of miniature work and practical effects um i was able to work on terminator 2 with michael and um, what did you do what, did, yeah, what specifically it stood
0: out on terminator 2 that you did
1: well you know we had a sequence our job basically uh bob Skotak's company ford was hired specifically to destroy los angeles you know there's the <laughs> nuclear blast right yeah, yeah. so that's what we were brought in and i was a young guy and I would work from 10 in the morning till like almost one o'clock at night. Yeah. And uh, I would work on building palm, palm, I built all the palm trees and and all, and most of the other deciduous trees, Um. sorry, the evergreen trees, and as well as the actual skyline of Los Angeles. So, you know, we had to destroy that, I don't know, I'm gonna say minimum of five times because Jim Cameron is such a perfectionist and at the end of the day, yeah. all that hard work, you know, this is one of the let this is part if you if you can't handle hard work, then movies, you know, working in the film industry is not for you.
0: Yeah. But that's one of the hardest working professions was, on the planet.
1: <laughs> it really is. So yeah. as it worked out, as it turned out, my boss, Bob Skotak, he won the Academy Award for the work that was put together on that film for all of us we are all very proud. And I think one of the lessons that I learned is there's two lessons. The first lesson is that anything is possible. That's the beauty of cinema, that anything is possible you can do anything in this world, and that's something that cinema teaches you because uh, you know it affects so many people, and there's no such thing as we can't do that. Yeah, we can do it. We can always do it. And now with CGI, you know you can even do more but the second lesson is you know i was in my 20s when i worked on that film and uh it's just so funny it was one of the first films you know one of the earlier films for me now in my career uh and i thought oh my gosh there you go well the one of the first films or whatever you know we were we won the academy award our boss won it that much yeah i was gonna say like technically
0: you may not have the statue but you were on the team that won the academy award so technically you can have that kind of yeah yeah
1: sure our boss won the academy award (laughs) yeah and danny big part of that joel steiner jim toller our whole team joe viscoso was a big part of that he won an academy award later for independence day so and pat mcclung i think pat mcclung i he was he's one worked on so many amazing movies but anyway the point is that um you think sometimes in your 20s oh well that's just well that was easy but then you know that's (laughs) not how it goes there's ups and downs and ups and downs so you have to be resilient yeah and you have to be grateful and you have to be positive and you have to look at all the positive things that you've done and you just keep that in your front pocket.
0: That's really, really and, true. That's really true because yeah. you get, I mean, there's so many no's that come with every yes that I think having the positive mindset, having the optimistic, like I'm going to make it no matter what Uh, you know, one of my favorite lyrics from uh, Watsky is I'm going to get there. If it takes me a day or 50 years, like you have to right. have that, like there's no, you have to be committed to it. And that's how you actually have a career in it.
1: Yeah, and I think everything that you do is a positive, actually. So, you know, uh, when we worked on that film and when we work on other films, we do a lot of tests, we we check things out. Every every movie, we always do, for example, color tests. Mm-hmm. We We paint backgrounds just to see what we like and what doesn't work. And, of course, we always have presentations. Those presentations the early ones within the art department are tests, you know, so everything that you do is like a test and you say to yourself, okay, did I learn something? What did I learn? And also there's this other thing that I've told a lot of people. There's the power of no, actually, as much as somebody might say no to you, you have the power to say, no, I'm not going to take that project. I'm not going to do that because when you say no, then other windows and other doors open and, and other possibilities. So yeah.
0: anyway, that's... that's no, that's it's a huge matter. point. I mean, as well as like having a life out... I mean, you know, as much as like you have to be committed to the career, having a life outside of the career is also important because I know so many people that their career is their entire life and it affects their relationships and it affects a bunch of other stuff. Like having a well-rounded life, I feel like is part of that saying no uh you know if you either need a break or if the project's not quite the right fit um it's a it's a hard thing to do sometimes
1: yeah I, I, it is but you just have to do it so yeah, exactly. you can't be scared <laughs> you can't be scared you know if you work hopefully you work on, i mean i've been working on these in film i can say my first movie was like in 82 while i was in college you know nice. and um and i just said oh i want to work on this on a movie, yeah. and I remember calling the lead critic for the Miami Herald. She didn't know me. I just said, she's the she she must know what's going on. I left a message with her. I go, hey, I wanna work, I'm here for the summer. I wanna work for, I'll work for free. I just pay for my gas and feed me. And they immediately called me like the next day. And it was such a great experience to do that in college. So I just think people need to take chances. Oh, 100%. I'm really glad that I moved to Los Angeles. I always take chances. I work a lot overseas in different countries. Um I'm not afraid. you just can't be afraid. You have to say more like the attitude has to be, you know, I'm gonna experience something. yeah, it's gonna make me stronger, and um
0: that's what life is about. You have to live absolutely so let's let's dive into saw ten saw x uh so. Man, it is. I mean, I'm I've been a fan of the series since since the first one. And this this for context, this takes place between the first and the second movie, which I love because it kind of lets you take a different a, a different bit of a route on the backstory and the you know how Jigsaw became Jigsaw. Um, so with the inspired design of the new traps, how do you kind of make them? Because there's been so many movies. How do you make them, in your mind, stand out from the previous movies?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the first thing is that I'm going to just, you know, the traps, as they went along, you know, from the first movie till like the ninth film, we felt like they were getting a little out of hand and they were getting, to <laughs> I be agree, just a little not realistic because yeah. we didn't feel like this was plaus as plausible again it's a movie so people can say whatever they want uh, but for us we felt like we wanted to make sure that the audience felt that he could do this mm. uh, and so we wanted to make sure that the traps were part of the factory environment so we made them feel like they were part of that yeah the other part is that you know John Kramer is uh, inspired by the world he's in, so he's in Mexico City. So we added some um, components that were part of that world, of, you know, the Aztec Mayan world. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is that there's a theme to the movie. There's a storyline that everybody knows, which is basically he got scammed by these people. So we wanted to make sure story-wise that the traps reflected those relationships and the medical aspects of it. So every every trap has a bit of medical to it. So then when you're watching it as an audience member you feel like oh well that makes sense. You know we're like our job is really to help the audience like yeah. you as an audience member. I just want you to watch the movie and feel like it, it makes sense and really that was the approach.
0: It's honestly one thing that I loved so much is like every trap was so personal to the person that with what their job was when he got scammed. And I I, that was like, again, I feel like the some of the, you know, eight, nine, you know, seven were kind of just like it was it was it was torture porn. And this is more like this was each trap drove the story of what that person had done, which was really cool. Uh, I think it's part of why it works so well
1: yeah that's again at the end of the day you know like for uh from the standpoint of production designer we're storytellers we're visual storytellers and we are trying to help the director and the movie and we're just trying to make it so that it all makes sense and that you're engaged you know you just want to have the audience engaged in what they're doing so yeah no and
0: i you had such a good point too with like it was it was kind of founded in reality of the warehouse environment instead of just like these crazy, you know, contraptions that, I mean, how long would it take to build some of the stuff in previous movies? It's insane. But like when you have the elements of a warehouse that you can use it and you just have to rig it up, like that made a lot more sense. That's a good point. I didn't even realize that. That's very true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the approach.
0: Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned earlier too how production design works with VFX um what were some of the tools or techniques that you utilize how actually what is, how much of the traps in general were practical versus vfx and what was the relationship with that
1: yeah so you know again as i said you know early in my career i worked a lot in practical effects and that means in camera so for us our approach and with kevin our director you know, he wanted to be able to see this stuff work right in front of him. So all the traps, to a certain extent, were, you know, they work practically, of course, you know, I don't want to spoil anything right now. But they move and they turn and this, you know, this flips back and this light turns on all of yeah. that stuff. You know, We, what we did is, we approached it almost like a theater production where mm. you have all these components that act and can turn. And and then we have the help of all these amazing people. So uh, we have the um, practical effects department, this, uh, his company, it's Josh effects in Mexico city. So if we have a wheel that needs to turn then they make that thing turn, then our trap team, I had a trap team that was led by, Jose Antonio Rowe um, and also uh, Rodolfo our construction coordinator he also took care of some of the larger traps but uh, those guys you know they they make it so that this wire can get pulled back so that uh, I can hide a limb you know there was a lot of theater kind of stuff we had to hide legs and arms and and all of that kind of business. So it's it's sort of like magic, you know? And yeah. I always say, whenever I go to Mexico City, there's such amazing artists in Mexico City, and uh, I feel like there's a magic to it. So that's what cinema is about. But we're trying to make it as practical. Yeah, we're trying to make it like, how can we do this so that we don't really need CGI? But no matter what, you always need CGI. But I'd rather have the CGI, you know, erase cables or... Yeah clean something or augment blood but not really be the blood you know we used a lot of practical blood we had a you can only imagine how much blood we had in this movie it was torn enormous amounts of blood yeah a, a, a lot of blood so.
0: yeah i mean it saw listen
1: <laughs> a lot of blood all the floor when you see the movie that's all vinyl flooring you know oh, and we and we faux so finished it as concrete Yeah, And uh, and then all of the traps were coated in resin so that we could clean them. Because, you know, you have to have take one, two, and three. And you can't have big pools of blood, like uh, having continuity issues. And then we did have to keep the blood in continuity. So I created a book. It was like the blood book. (laughs) And it would say, okay, this is the blood over here. This is the blood over there. And sometimes we would coat the blood after we shot it with like a clear coat resin so that it wouldn't move, you know? And sometimes we would cover the blood with large boxes of wood so we could step over the blood. So it was just, you know, it was just
0: a big bloody mess. That's wild. (laughs) Everything coated in resin. That's nuts. How do you, does that still like, obviously it still has to play for camera even though it has resin on it, yeah? Because I feel like resin would be a little bit more shiny. Yeah,
1: so we have matte sprays. (laughs) yeah you know so actually
0: within within the practical how you kind of said it's a theater production with with when you're shooting is it obviously the shots are how many a how many cameras and b is it like a continuous process or is one element working at a time for the shot and then resets
1: yeah so we shot with two cameras most of the time We also had additional cameras. If you remember there were all those little uh, surveillance cameras, those were also activated. So we had uh, components like that. You know, when when we put together this film, Gabriel Collin was uh, one of my concept artists. We had about three concept artists, but he was our lead. Uh, Dorian Clevenger also was a lead concept artist. So we lay all this stuff out. We also have storyboards that are put together. their guidelines you know but we do know that whenever we shoot a trap we're going to try to get the performance first mm. we want to make sure that we can see a wide view of of that and and then we're going to go in and get all the gears and all these other bits right so um when you look at the film now and i don't think this is a spoiler but if you look at the wheelchair example, you'll see that, uh, you know, Mateo's trap, you'll see that that back of that wheelchair is, you know, made out of rusty metal, and it's rather large. Yeah. And the reason that I designed it that way is so that we could have effects team behind there pushing it, or manipulating it or dealing with that mask, you know, so when you go look at the seesaw trap,
0: again, uh there's no I love it you're giving just enough there. to get people really interested, but we're, we're not saying yeah, much.
1: But anyway, you'll see everything has it's again, there's there's a quality the film is rooted in realism on many levels. Yeah, it has a specific style, and it also has a theatrical quality based on John Kramer's persona. So yeah, I think it's a combo of all of that.
0: No, I love it. And I it's actually, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because you have the wide with the performance and then the close-ups obviously have to be prosthetics because you know it's skin getting ripped apart and stuff which which every saw film is so you know that's not yeah
1: (laughs) well that's really interesting because uh one of we had rigs as well so uh for valentina you will see her starting the cut with the geely saw and um there's a rig that makes it look very much as as, a, as though she's doing it, but that's not a prosthetic leg for the beginning of that sequence. Wow. So I just needed you to know that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and there's a that's lot of other wild. stuff like that. Too, so. That's got to be yeah, kind of so. scary
0: as an actor going in, like knowing, like, you know, like obviously this is fake, but like we got to make it because it just looks so damn real.
1: I think we had this is another aspect of the film
0: is I feel like
1: we had some of the best performances oh, yeah. of any other small film. All the actors were really amazing and great. And, uh, and also we, our makeup department did a a, a really a consistent job of spraying them and making them look like they're sweating and they're really in it because, you know, that's just so traumatizing for anybody to be going through that process.
0: Absolutely. So talk to me about kind of the collaboration efforts that you know, some of your favorite stuff with the director, cinematographer, other obviously there. I mean, actually, even better question is how many people are we're on the traps, like the total traps. You got the blood, you got the, you know, design team, like how many people are we talking that, you know, we're responsible for the traps in the movie and everything around it. Right.
1: So at the end of the day, I'm responsible for the traps because yeah. I designed traps and I'm in charge of the trap department. uh, And that's part of being the production designer. So we had all of the sets and the decor and all these other parts of the film that were part of my responsibility. But I was asked to also be in charge of the traps. But then within that, you know, we have our trap team, which is about eight to 10 people, which is, again, Jose Antonio Roe built these traps the majority of these traps we also had our construction department uh, dealing with two to three of those traps as well because it was just too heavy of a load you have to realize that when we're putting together traps we're not just building them to get ready for camera for the day of the shoot we have to be ahead weeks and weeks ahead months ahead to do these tests because we're doing these tests to find out if there's any issues and we also don't want and he, we also wanna make sure that they're safe, you know, and we're dealing with stunts. So who's involved with the traps? Everybody's involved with the traps. So we have the trap team and the prompt team. The prompt team is also dealing with all the actors, helping them, you know, with the shackles and all of those components, the blood, all the stuff, makeup, then we have the prosthetics team that was based in LA. So we'd have to send components of the traps over to them, you know, like, um yeah you know, yeah that makes sense Diego.
0: so it actually fits in there Then we
1: have stunts and we're doing you know we're flying people yeah we have one when after in particular that weeks in advance and you know and this is all very costly you can't just say hey we're gonna go start doing fly somebody on a wednesday because we have to have all these other people the ad department i work very closely with the ad department to make a list of who was responsible for what because when we're shooting the traps somebody's got to put in the blood mm-hmm. somebody has to run the gear somebody has to lower these containers filled with blood somebody has to turn on the light and there are all these different departments somebody needs to make sure that sweat is on the actors somebody needs to you know push push these from point A to point B because you know we have to like cheat some shots we also had to make sure that you know all these at the end of the film you have these actors that are in this one room and they have to be shackled a certain distance so that it doesn't feel like they could just get whatever to get out. <laughs> right. And we had to do a lot of rehearsals. It was, it was, it's a lot of work, but we would have, that's, it was. so. Just, you know, viewers have known <laughs>
0: in the past that I say that uh, filmmaking is a team sport and that may be the best example of that. It is a, Oh my God. I, I, the light's just been creeping yeah. up to me this whole time. And now I just, I have to be in it, <laughs> uh, but no, it's there a, it's go. a massive team sport. Like it, you don't make movies alone, especially at the saw X level. Um, so yeah, that's just a good thing to know. you like there again, there's so much involved with, you know, and, and again, the, the results speak for themselves. Like, as we said, before we were going on this, this movie's coming close on a hundred million and it worked, you know, the team worked, which is amazing. Hey friends, it's your podcast buddy Noah Midman here, and I want to talk to you a little bit today about one of my passion projects, my clothing brand, Clothing for Creators. Roll the tape. If my life were a movie, the hero's big speech would end with, stop waiting, start creating. Because that's the drive behind my story. Like when I couldn't afford to finish film school. So instead, I started my own production company and gave myself a trial by fire YouTube business degree. And it's not just me with these kinds of stories. There is this growing movement of passionate, creative, flow state writing, hustling, persistent creators and entrepreneurs that are taking the internet and the world by storm. Everybody told me I wasn't gonna be able to make any money as an artist. Now, 15 years later, I've worked on three continents. I do own my house. My shop, I'm booked out eight months ahead. I don't subscribe to being a starving artist. Creativity and I are very deep, dark lovers. I've just decided I'm just gonna make stuff. And even if it's not perfect, like, it's getting made. You're gonna think that there's right answers and there's not. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Let's just throw dye on it and it'll look great. You don't need rules some old guy in a suit made up. You don't need anyone telling you that your voice doesn't matter we are makers creative types side hustlers doers why because we get shit done the most important thing every single day is just to get your shit done just keep doing it keep producing keep creating and as you do that you're going to start becoming the person that you want to be don't be scared to try commit you can't half-ass do something we're full ass around here so there's a film you need to make a company you need to create, a voice you need to share, a product you know the world needs. Put all of yourself into it until anyone who has ever doubted you starts asking you for a job. Then you get to play for a living. You get to create community, partnerships, collaborations, building bonds with people that like the same stuff you like. You get to live with your heart on your sleeve, a smile on your face, and a solid answer to when anybody asks. Why do you do what you do?
1: Sometimes you have to say fuck all the rules to get something that you really need to get out of yourself.
0: You don't need the opinion of the old guy in the suit. You have to give yourself permission to just go. A little less conversation, a little more action. Clothing for creators. Go check out snowmanfilm.shop today. Hey there, fellow creatives. Conversations with Creators dives deep into the minds of successful filmmakers, artists, musicians, and all-around awesome people. We are looking for some kick-ass sponsors to help us keep this show on the road. If you want to reach a tribe of dedicated listeners who are just as passionate about creating as you are, then look no further. Our audience is full of people who appreciate a good laugh and are always on the lookout for new ways to fuel their creativity. So, Let's team up and create some magic together. We'll work with you to make sure that your brand is showcased in the best light possible. And who knows, maybe we'll even become lifelong friends. Just imagine. Years from now, we'll be reminiscing about the good old days when we first teamed up to take the world by storm. Send us an email at noah at snowmanfilms.net to say hey and get the ball rolling. Now back to the episode.
1: Yeah, I want to. I want you know. I forgot. That you, I wanted to say that we were really fortunate, you know, to have Kevin as our director, mm-hmm. because Kevin uh, has been part of almost all of all. I think all of these films, and he was really our guide, and he was always so positive, and he. I felt like we had such a a great relationship in putting this together, and uh, the producers you know, from the get go once, once we made our initial presentations and they got greenlit, I made presentation for all the traps, you know, and Gabrielle Collin up and put together these, uh, this PDF showing what we were going to do. And it was so well received as soon as they signed off, they just kind of let us do our thing. And, and then Nick Matthews, our DP, you know, we talked about, uh, some of these Giallo films, uh from the sixties and seventies and the colors that we liked and how they were an influence to the first soft film. Hmm. And then, you know, everybody, I think everybody knows that we replicated the bathroom from the first soft film. So that was a really big challenge as well, because Oscar Orsi, who is our set designer, there was probably three or four days where he was just pulling his hair out because we had to figure out the right scale for the tile and the right size of that room, and imagine that we're but you can't looking. can't fuck at, it up.
0: You can't fuck like that. So you it has no, to be exact. it's so iconic, right?
1: Yeah, and here's the other thing. You know, back in the day, we would make films and we would say, "Okay, well, I think we can get away with that." I mean, that's going to look great, or maybe they won't see all of that. That's going to go into the shadows, whatever. But we have such fanatic fans, they freeze frame everything we do. They post it on, you know, in Japan, Australia, Germany, France, the US, all across the world. They tell us, okay, look, there's that shoe is supposed to be here. That blood is supposed to be over there or why is he doing, what is this? And (laughs) you know, it's so critical that we can't make mistakes.
0: It's like the Saw fan base and the Star Wars fan base are uh, just—they're the most critical of their own thing that they love. (laughs) No, I love. It's seriously, it's funny when you like. As much as people love the series, they're also hyper hyper critical, Uh, and to live up to that is uh, is a task.
1: Yeah, they might be critical, but they're also um, so, love. They really have been so appreciative of this film have yeah. so many people telling us how much they appreciate that we made the film for them you know that was the approach to to make a movie for the fans number one you know that was yeah. the, really what we thought of on a daily basis so
0: it, it, it really again like uh so how we know each other is my wife shorty uh has done some carpentry work for anthony and uh she is the biggest soft fan you'll ever meet, and she said she literally said like it's hard for me to say this because she loved the first, like the first one, so iconic for her, but this is her new favorite one. Oh, I'm so happy! Yeah, well, I'm very she happy she, loves yeah. she loves it. She loves it. We will be watching it many times over. Speaking of kind of proudness, yeah. And well, stuff, I hope. I'll oh, go for yeah, it. I'm
1: really proud of the film. I really hope you know that people appreciate Tobin uh his acting in this movie and I hope that he receives some awards this year maybe like a lifetime achievement award or something because this is a very emotionally based movie it's uh that's what makes it so strong is that you are going through the journey with him and then you see what happened to him yeah so all of that emotion goes into the traps and the ending of the movie and and that's why it's deeper and has more weight. yeah, and that's the difference between this film and many of the other films. You care about what you're watching
0: well, this was I mean, this was definitely the most range I've seen from him uh, in any of the movies because it like again, it was kind of a part of his origin of like what it was also really I love the speaking of uh, your your cameo um, <laughs> oh. he's on he's on screen for a little bit. I love it. But like you see in, in yeah, around that scene, that... you see how his mind works when you know he's seeing, you know, if this guy makes the right decision or not in the hospital, he's already thinking about how he's gonna fuck with him, which is I just like again the create like the creative process in that is really cool.
1: Yeah. So the writers, you know, Josh Stolberg, Peter Goldfinger, they they need to be really commanded for the screenplay. And, uh, you know, I think that this film has succeeded on many levels. So I'm sure that they're very busy talking with the producers about the next script. <laughs> I, I, I went to, I really, I went to a couple screenings uh, for the film in Los Angeles Las, and also in Las Vegas. Uh, so I got to meet some of the previous writers. So the fact that those writers, we're in the room having nice chit chats with the producers tell, tells me that there's a lot of activity going on in that area uh and that this is a yeah we'll see how this is all going to happen awesome. i don't know what the storyline will be but <laughs> i mean uh, listen I you, you can't
0: listen. it's it's uh you, you got a winner you can't go to, you can't walk away from it
1: yeah did you get to see the last extra scene after the
0: credits yes it's you're it's kind of like in the marvel uh uh style of like it's just a teaser and you never know but i it's i love those little kind of easter eggs those are super fun and it was yeah. funny too because we watched that and then we started looking for your name uh and it was like oh no wait wait you were you were in the big titles before that
1: <laughs> well i would hope yeah i think that's that's normal how they
0: do 100 percent what it what are uh maybe a trap or a set piece that you're like most proud of uh and kind of start to finish on this one,
1: right? I am really proud of the decor that Maria Salinas did in Cecilia's house. Mm. I was really happy with the way that that turned out. Um, they did a really beautiful job, and it reflected you know Cecilia, and it was a great way to show mexico in a modern way Mm -hmm. i love the underground club which you didn't really get to see too much but that was a court you know we put that together from scratch that's the where they kidnap you know where they kidnap um valentina remember yeah that part uh there's a yep uh i was happy that we built a you know we built a statue that was about six feet tall which we then composited in the plaza to look as if it was like 30 feet tall. You know, there's that Aztec statue. So that yeah, that's only like six feet tall. So that was really nice. Still um, doing miniature work. I just think that's a miniature. So that was a large scale miniature, basically, yeah. is what we, we call it. Uh, as far as the traps, I think I'm proud of all of them. I'm proud of the space, uh, you know, the office space, uh, the lair. Yeah, he has in the factory at all everything i'm just pleased with everything
0: so it turned out great um
1: yeah i think it was a lot of it was i'm i'm really proud of my art department and all of the people that are part of that we had all close to 82 people working on this film different artists and uh you know um i just love them all Er i mean what a talented team art director yeah and Elena, my my art department coordinator, everybody, TV around, my assistant, everybody on the team, just fantastic. Killed so, it,
0: killed it. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't get close to a hundred million without everybody knowing exactly what they're doing.
1: Yeah, we. I hope that we break it. Right? it will, oh yeah, we, a couple more weeks and we'll see where we're at.
0: This will be fun though because this is going to be a special uh, Halloween episode. I'm gonna. I usually go put episodes out on Fridays, but this is. This is a, this is, we got Halloween written all over it. Talk to me about kind of the um color palette, lighting choices, design of Saw 10 and kind of how they contribute to the overall mood and the atmosphere of the movie. Because it definitely felt a little bit different than previous ones, but still was in the same world.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to say, okay, so the first part of film, you know, always remember that most of these Saw films were made in Canada. Okay. So there are all these cool tones, even though we don't really know where the film takes place. We're saying in the States. Um, so we wanted to definitely establish those cool tones in the beginning of the movie. Then we wanted to add hope. So we warmed up the tones for for that portion. Then there's a whole snap moment where we realized that this is a scam and we started bringing in a lot of the bloody red colors, you know, and you see that in the in the club. You see that, you know, in um in some other areas. Cecilia's. We had that big red painting. Uh, we had other moments where we do have uh, red streaming in from lights. And so Nick, Nick Matthews, one of the things I really appreciate, he really accented the film. Uh, and again, when you look at all the traps at the back portion of the movie, they're like theatrical cues where like, you know, the light turns on and here's the trap or the light turns off and we've finished that trap or now we know, oh my God, the light is on and the trap is is alive, you know? And that was really helpful, those little cues. And also I didn't expect it, but I, I've already told Nick on multiple occasions that I was so happy that he added all this red light underneath The one of the final traps that we had, uh, you know, at the end that kind of comes up and it's very dramatic. And I really told him, so we looked at again, like if you look at the palettes of these Giallo films, there's a, there's even like a historical Giallo film on IMDb. If you just, you know, type in G I A L L O and you'll see the colors, you know, they're, they're they're sort of primary colors, you Mm -hmm. know, uh the ochres and the green uh and the you know golden tones and bloody reds and stuff and the cool blues. so all of that's kind of in there it's they're very strong choices but i'm that's what we're doing we're making a, a very strong movie so i that was really the way that we approached it and yeah uh, saw doesn't you know, saw
0: isn't really known for uh weak choices on anything
1: <laughs> um, a very strong movie
0: very in your so, face yeah, on stuff absolutely and it, i think it worked great. I, I, yeah you're you're right though i think definitely like lighting especially on this one and texture plays just as much if not even more than past films it really added to the mechanics and the the vibe of each of each trap and each kind of and even i as you said like you know it definitely started cool which um is kind of the classic saw and then yeah but then the the, the hope and the warmth um was it was a change, which was nice um but no that's, yeah. that's and and there's very kind of the uh do you I'm not sure if you know, but it do you know what filter was on the lens for all of the very soft light um because there was I, a lot I of I don't it.
1: know. I always recommend that if you just type in Nick Matthews, you know saw x uh I think he has like two or three interviews that he's done where he's very specific on all the lenses that he used for the different cameras and the types of cameras and you know we're just uh trying to make sure that you know Tobin our lead actor looks great and Amanda and everybody and and uh you have to say you know this hat says Nacho's crew or something staff and Nacho Ignacio was our um gaffer Hmm. and they'd worked together before and he they did a, a beautiful job and it was a very pretty movie so if, if nacho is watching i just want to say te mando un abrazo grande nacho that means i send you a big hug in spanish Salute so to you. We talk sir. to our team
0: yeah <laughs> beautiful beautiful work absolutely so um kind of going on to the the career thing a little bit um any advice that you would give to aspiring production designers who kind of want to make a name for themselves in horror or thriller um, similar to Saw or just, you know, how to get started in general?
1: Yeah. I think that it's a, a twofold, at least twofold answer. So the first one is if you're just starting out to to be a production designer, it just depends on what you want want to do. If you want to go and really learn to be a production designer, you're gonna have to go to places like London, Los Angeles, Paris. That's where all the artists are. That's where you're gonna be trained properly. If you, even if you go to Yale theater school, uh, uh, or if depend, you could go to, you know, you might first start off being an architect. If So if, you, if your background is in architecture, that's gonna be really helpful. But to be a production designer is a combination of understanding architecture design decor aesthetics art all of that how to be a leader how to run a group of people how to navigate working with the studios and the brass and the producers making presentations so it comes down to to taste but you have to be a very strong person you just can't say i'm going to be a production designer you have to work like enormous amount of Hours. I mean, I, on this show, there was a two-week period where I would start from 4.30 in the morning, and this had nothing to do with the call time. Mm. This had to do with me getting ready to make my list because I have this massive army of people, and they all need to know what they're doing. Um, from 4.30 in the morning, and then I would get home at 6, but, you know, I'm, I'm it, it, you never go to bed at 6, You you know, you end up at 8 maybe. So you have to be very strong you have to be resilient and you have to be believe in yourself and you have to be positive because you're going to affect so many people I have so many young people that come into my life that I have in my office and maybe they went to Brown University maybe they went to Dartmouth you know this and and I always say I commend them but now they're in the real world and I have to guide them and and give them my best so that's number one. Number two, if you love horror, the other thing is go find the young directors that have a vision mm. that are in this genre and do everything you can to support them and to make that vision come true and support and and surround yourself with the best team that you can find. So you're only as good as your team. I have worked on maybe five or six movies in Mexico City. So I was able to already start putting together a team. If I didn't have somebody, I already had several art directors uh, that I had worked with and they recommended people to me. At the end of the day, you always have that eye of like, okay, where is this person in their life right now? Because they can have amazing credits, but if they're not ready for the job right now, then that doesn't help. So. what i would say i would say go connect with yourself here's my thing long ago i worked on some movies some smaller movies and uh i i remember meeting chris hopkins is not going to like this story but chris (laughs) hopkins and i worked on a on a movie he was a sculptor we worked on a couple of movies actually and i was in touch with him he went to usc and I said, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm reading the script. It all takes place in this warehouse. All these people get killed. I'm, I don't think I'm going to do it. I was like, you should go do this. This is for production designer credit. And we're all just starting out. And he said, no, I'm not going to. I am not." I was like, you should do it anyway. So another person that I was friendly with, he ended up taking that project, David Wasco. He's And I've known him for a long time. And he ended up taking that project. Well, that project was, you know, this Quentin Tarantino movie about people in a warehouse called Reservoir Dogs. Just a a quiet little indie that
0: uh, that didn't make any noise at all, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So he ended up, David ended up doing everything he could to support this young filmmaker, Quentin Tarantino. He did all his films and he went on and on. And just a few years back, David won the Academy Award for La La Land, you know? And uh, so that's the way cinema works. And, and um, you know, but everybody makes choices. And so I just think go find people that are doing things that have a vision and that are not afraid. And part, a big part of life is don't be afraid. So mm-hmm. stop being afraid, take chances. You know, I sold my car to go to LA. And I slept on the couch for weeks and I took chances. And there's a whole graph that if you look, it's it's in like a financial graph. And the financial graph says that if you go above, the, above that line and take chances, you're going to get a bigger payoff. Mm-hmm. If you go under the graph and you don't take chances, you're not going to get a payoff. If you kind of stay in that line, around that line, that's kind of like what they tell you. I don't know, but I always say, don't be afraid to take chances.
0: Uh, it's something I preach all the time. Like it's, uh, it's kind of the, the stop waiting, start creating attitude. Like you just got to go for it and dive in and see what happens. Cause uh, I mean, yeah. the worst case you can get is regret. And that's, I just, you know, that's, I don't want, I, I don't wish regret on anybody. So, you know, if you want to do something, dive in and go after it a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, go do it and work hard and don't be afraid. And, and you, every time that you do something, you're going to learn,
0: Yeah, right, right. You're
1: always winning every time.
0: You only fail if you quit.
1: Okay, so here's a line a long time ago when I was a kid. When I was a kid, my brother told me this, but it's not from my brother. It's from Vince Lombardi, who was a great coach. And he said, uh, winners never quit and quitters never win. And that's the deal. So – Winners never quit and quitters never win. So you just keep going and you do your thing and there you go.
0: It's a very, very similar quote to one of my favorites, which is a a song lyric that's uh, I never, I never win or lose. I only win or learn. Yeah, there you go.
1: You always, and if you're learning, you're always winning. Yeah. So you actually never lose.
0: You never you lose. You never lose.
1: <laughs> you never lose. You just
0: got to keep going. Exactly. As far as
1: future projects in cinema, they always come when it's time. So right now, I think next year uh, we'll be set, ready to go. And there'll be a lot of projects because a lot of projects have been put on the back burner mm. right now. And I feel like, I'm. don't this is my guess and maybe I'm wrong, but... I don't know. We'll see. I think that the strike will be closing up after Christmas is when I think it's
0: all going to happen. So yeah. we'll see. But yeah. one last question anyway, on, thank you so on much Saw for X, me. actually, real fast. Oh, i What was? I mean, what was the first? I don't know. No, so, no, no, no. Sorry for for uh, how long you worked on it. What was like the total? So people kind of get an understanding of was what it felt like. Six this months.
1: Takes. It was months. close to six months. Yeah, so just, uh, you know, we had a couple of months early in the beginning of this year, then we had all, uh, then we we did have a, a period of, uh, we had a break in uh, December because we had to wait for the prosthetics department, but there's never a break because throughout that process as well, uh, I had to keep sending out, you know, information for this, this and that. We had to do all these tests when we got back as well. So it was close, you know, more than five, between five to six months, for that a lot of, that's that, a lot of life you know that's how it is yeah so it's a long life and yeah
0: no that's great that's, that's how uh it is. it's that's how it is on features you you give months of your life and you hopefully come away with something that uh a that you're proud of and you know that people that people yeah. enjoy and, and i think it was a success on all of that so i just wanted to finally say congratulations man it's it's a fantastic movie you Thank did you. great work on it and i absolutely loved it Thank you,
1: as you know one of the things that Ridley Scott always says is that you just have to kind of move on to the next one. So I'm grateful for this, but I am now already you know, uh, taking a look at what will be the next movie. And I hope that it will be so it will be nice if it's saw, but they have to write the script first. You know what yeah. I mean? so i'm I will most likely end up I will work make a choice because it's my choice to see what film I will work on next and we'll just see what those scripts are and stuff. And there were scripts earlier uh, in the year and I turned down uh, mm. and they just, you know, they weren't that, They, you
0: know, I don't want to get
1: into it, but no. Yeah, no. I mean, it, I listen, if positive, it's not,
0: but, I mean, production design wise, I feel like kind of the super bowl is, is something at the saw level where you could just have so much fun with, I mean that, you know, so much of the film is based in your work that uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't blame you for turning other stuff down if if, uh, it wasn't kind of that level.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just do what you have to do. But it's always it it can be a smaller film if the script is good. And that's really the key is like, is it a good script and a good group of people that you want to work with that they're going to do something. And it's not always the size of a film as you saw, again, like David Wasco, with Reservoir Dog, it was Mm -hmm. it really, really flipped his it did such a it really helped him out so much and i'm so happy for him and and sandy and anyway stuff like that but yeah. anyway thank you for having me here oh dude it's been an absolute blast sooner or i appreciate later.
0: it yes yeah absolutely yeah. we'll have to we'll have yeah. to read when when the uh well a we'll have to hang out before uh the next one but we'll definitely have to have you back on when the next project comes out because uh there'll be a whole new set yeah, of things to talk great. about yeah So for everybody listening and watching, I appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time.